Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. It is a pleasure to have with us today Alex and Sarah Bemis. They are the owners of the Collective Food Hub in downtown Burlington, and I might say is one of the great success stories in downtown Burlington, so much so that they were recognized in 2022 as the Small Business of the Year. And we are so happy to have them here to talk about their story, their products, their services, and uh, what they are offering in case any of you have not been there yet. So Alex and Sarah, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. Talk about where do you go from wanting to open up a business to actually opening up a business? How, 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 did, that, how did that evolve for you? Well, Sarah always liked baking and that stuff. You know, she really enjoyed it. And here, her and her mom were already doing this stuff down at the Collective Food Hub with the former owner. It's fairly new. You know, she was liking this stuff. And the one day the opportunity presented itself that the business was going to be up for sale. So we had a few long, hard talks and decided to make the jump. Now, have you had any prior background in running or operating a business, or was this something brand new? Uh, yes. My family has both Bemis Welding and Flint River Indoor Shooting Range, so I have the background. I mean, I've grown up working with a small business, and then... Um, I have the background of baking because... Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been kind of a natural baker and cook. So I've been doing that. And then my first job uh, was at the Hy-Vee Bakery. So I kind of have that um, background of baking. So that was kind of a natural thing for me. Was it something that you shared with the former owner that if the possibility came up, we'd, we'd be interested? Or did this catch you by surprise? Um, it kind of... I mean, I think my mom, my mom was the one who had told me that he was thinking about retiring in within the next year or so. And she's like, oh, I think this would be great. And then kind of all went from there. And I talked to Alex about it. And then it ended up, we talked to uh, Tom and it just ended up happening. So were you, was it a, a fairly easy transition yeah, nobody even knew it changed hands. Just <laughs> a new face all of a sudden. I remember really? some customers like, what happened to the other guy that was in here? <laughs> okay, so so you take over, and that's that's a good question. So what what did change? What How would people have known that there was a change in ownership? Were, were you there now longer, Sarah, or, with, or did anyone not notice? Um, well, we expanded our hours we kept the same days thursday friday saturday but we just extended some of them out uh, a lot longer so people had more of an opportunity to be able to shop um and i mean we kind of expanded a lot of the product so that was another thing but i mean is there any other note changes just the expansion of products that was available in the place that's the big thing. Uh, and let's talk about that because I've, you know, for anyone who hasn't been in there, I mean, you have a wonderful variety of, of products. 
Um, and so to talk about the, the different things. If, if somebody goes in there for the first time, what, what's going to be available for them? There's the big thing is take and bake meals. Everybody loves them in the public, but there's also uh, farm fresh meat, farm fresh eggs, uh, all different of the meat sticks. There's local grown honey, popcorn, all sorts of local produce in there. Then let's get into all the baked goods. <laughs> all right, let's do that. <laughs> I mean, there are. About anything you want for baked goods, just about you can buy there. For, I mean, from cookies to cupcakes to even some of like your cinnamon rolls, other breakfast dishes. Yeah. And you've got, you have a kitchen there as well. So how much, how much of the product that you have there is made on site? Is anything there made on site? All of the taken baked meals and baked goods uh, are made on site. Uh, the everything else like produce is, you know, obviously done on the farm. Same with the meats, and that's processed at whatever plant. Um, but as far as like anything produced, like baked goods and meals and um, some jams and jellies, all that is done on site in the kitchen. Excellent. And what is a if there is one, Sarah? What is a typical day for you? at Collective Food Hub. When does your day start? Um, well, usually the days that we're not open, my day usually starts between 7 or 8 in the morning, sometimes earlier depending on how busy I am. And I I start Monday. I do the meals. Tuesday I do a lot of the dough preps and some of the cookies. Wednesday is the biggest day uh, baking-wise. I get all of the Cookies, uh, hand pies, uh, breads, just all the different, and then all the doughs I had to prepare for Thursday. Just all the stuff I mostly get done on Wednesday. Thursday morning, I go in there really early, and I get the cinnamon rolls and butter braids and danishes all done before we open up the store. And then uh, just we're open, and so... Then the rest of the day is either kind of baking or running the cash register. And then Friday, I do a little bit baking and then run the cash register. Saturday, a um, little bit of baking, running the cash register. How do you, excuse me, how do you decide what to make each week? Um, I kind of stay with kind of a, a set, not a set amount, but just kind of like my products that I do. I kind of do every week. There's certain products that I will do every week. There's some products that are seasonal, so I will only do it, you know, in the fall or the winter or the spring. And then there's certain items that I might give a try, and if it goes over well, I might add it to the product list. And if it doesn't go over well, I might try something different. Do you have such a thing, because I'm sure a lot of people would want to raise their hand, do you have such a thing as designated tasters, testers for... Or Alex, are you it? Uh, that's my job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm the guinea pig. Okay. That's not a bad job to have. No, it's not. <laughs> not for as good as she is at baking. Yeah. And don't want to embarrass. Has there been a time where you tried something and you went, eh, you, you, need to, you need to work on this a little more? 
there's been a few times, but you know they were good from the beginning, but they're just something that wasn't quite perfect yet. Sure, you could always tell. Sure. So back to when you opened up the store and you took over which month and what year was this? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was April first of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. And so since then, and we had when we got the submission and thing for the small business of the year. You talked about how there was just this great trajectory increase in sales on how you did. What do you what do you attribute that to? The quality of products. That simple. Yep. Everybody loves it. Yeah. And were you able to how were you able to get the word out because obviously word of mouth can go so far and the quality of the product can go so far. Did you just have a good network of of friends and associates to be able to tell people about it? Basically, we spent some money on Facebook for advertising, did a little bit through the Burlington Beacon, but as may all just word of mouth, but when people love stuff, they'll spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. And how, when you, when you bake the products, Sarah, is it, and again, I don't know this, so... Is it a certain day? How long does that process take? Like what you're making on Monday, are you packaging it then also the same day to be ready? Or is it a a process where it takes more than a day? Most of the stuff is a one-day process. Mm -hmm. I'll bake it and package it on one day. There are certain things that – there are certain doughs that have to be made uh, a day in advance – because it requires refrigeration time. So there's a few things that I do uh, like a day in advance. For example, I make these elephant ear pastries and it's puff pastry, homemade puff pastry. And you have to roll out the butter, like laminate the butter. And it takes several rolls and you have to put it in the fridge, then bring it back out and roll it again and then put it in the fridge overnight. And then the next day you roll it out and put the cinnamon sugar, kind of like a cinnamon roll. So you roll it up like cinnamon rolls, and then I put that back in the freezer to be ready for when I bake it on Thursday morning. Wow. And are these like the elephant ears that you hear and see about like at fairs and festivals? I don't know. I know there's lots of different uh, names for them, but I mean, I guess I'd describe it as a cinnamon crispy. Uh-huh. But... Some people, I, I've always called them elephant ears because I know like a lot of people have called them elephant ears. So that's just kind of the name I went with. But it's basically like a, a crispy, flaky, layered cinnamon pastry. Yeah. And then talk about the, the take and bakes because you said that really is popular. So is that, again, is that a, a typical menu of items that you do each week or... Do you, do you mix that up as well? I do a typical menu just because everything I make is people like. So I can't quit making lasagna. I can't quit making the chicken bacon ranch pasta. So And we only have so much room in our freezer. Yeah. So everything is kind of the same. I've added, you know, I've added some stuff, you know, over the years or months. And, but... When you run out of space and you want to do so much more, but you don't have the space. Uh, but the holiday times, we'll start doing like side dishes for yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas that we usually don't carry uh, year round. But 
I'll start doing mac and cheese and potato casserole, green bean casserole, stuffing casserole, stuff like that. So that will be available. But it's not available year-round unless someone wants a special order. And I do special orders. You know, I get a lot of orders. If they don't want the meat in something, I will do a special order for that. So I will do special orders. It just won't always be available on the shelf. Yeah. What do you think separates you from other businesses? I mean, I don't even know if there is a similar one here. But what do you what would you say to to brag? This is your opportunity to brag. You know, what what distinguishes the collective food hub from other places? Quality and service. Yeah. You know, there's no challenge too big that we're not usually willing to try. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the other week, you know, you had somebody that wanted a, a Rocky Road brownies out of the Ivy Cookbook. So, make up of the recipe out of the Ivy Cookbook for them. You know, doesn't matter if it's not something we don't normally make. No, we'll try it. No kidding. So, so people will come to you and say, could you make this? Yeah. We've had that multiple times. Okay. Now talk about also the, the kitchen itself. Now you've you've mentioned, and maybe not everybody knows this, the kitchen is available for outside folks to use, correct? Correct. All right. So how does that work? Uh, you just have to come in and talk to us. It's going to be stuffed through the sales floor you know, that you're going to make to sell. You know, I have a contract for you to sign and everything. You know, you could pay a fee for how many hours you work, and you're ready to sell on the floor. What what type of individuals have you had take take you up on that? Are these just entrepreneurs, or are these just folks that want to make some extra money on the side? What's been the experience with that? Kind of both. The we had one gal, and she used to actually work at the Ivy Bake Shop. Then when Martha closed it up, you know, she went and got another part time job, but she was still doing the stuff on the side down there for a while. Yeah. You know, just because she enjoyed doing it. Had some other people have tried doing startup stuff and that, but just they've never taken off really for them, which is kind of unfortunate, but, yeah, you know, not everybody's going to succeed. Part of the business model, I think, that you also shared in your submission had to do with the the connection with the community, that you really made an effort and a decision that you wanted to be connected with the community. Can you talk about that, please? I mean, yeah, like like everything that's left over at the end of the day on Saturday, you know, if it has to be, you know, has to be rotated out for fresh stuff, everything gets donated. We take everything to St. Vincent DePaul Food Pantry. You know, they love having the stuff come in like that. You know, it's a good way to get back to the community and everything. You know, we've, as you know, that we've done all sorts of sponsorships with Greater Rockton Partnership here in the recent past. On, yeah. Just another means of trying to get our name out there through advertising, but yeah. also sponsoring community events like that that the public can enjoy. Yeah, and the donated items to St. Vincent to Paul, is is there anything that you haven't been able to donate, or are we, are we talking bake? Pro, are we talking about the the take and bake as well? Um, I guess I haven't really asked them. I had heard that they did not take uh, if it was refrigerated or frozen, but. I guess I could ask them because so far I've just been donating the baked goods but not taking baked meals or uh, I do like pies and uh, I haven't like refrigerated pies I have not tried to donate them 
I always assumed that they wouldn't take them, but I guess I could ask. And as far as the take and bake meals, I've never actually had to donate them just because they we rotate them out and they have a longer shelf life. Yeah. So I've never had to throw away take and bake meals. I wouldn't think so because they seem to be in high demand. Yeah, they, they move fast enough that you don't have to worry. Have you had any challenges at all on supply chain side for for what you do? Maybe not so much the the baking products, but maybe the containers or the jars or anything like that. Has Have you been affected at all by that? A, a bit. And actually, yes, some of the baking supplies have had trouble coming by. Really? The one for quite a while was enchilada sauce. But no there's, kidding. There's enough other suppliers out there you can go through for stuff that, you know, you hate to leave the one you always work with, but sometimes you just have no choice. Packaging got a little rough there, but same thing. There's a lot of other options that you can change stuff up until the usual one comes back in stock. And yeah, now you stock up on that to make sure you don't run out. Right. Is that what you're doing? Did you find the opportunity to kind of buy extra just in case? Yeah, you kind of bulked up more. That way you don't. You're not running just case by case now. Sure. Sarah, is there a is there a favorite item that you hear more than others that people are like, oh, I came here for that and you're out? <laughs> um, probably the elephant ears. Okay. I would say. I mean, there's several different items. It's hard. Butter braids are a big popular thing. I think I don't know if it has anything to do with them being more of a rarity. Like you know, they're not as available at other places. But butter braids and elephant ears, I feel like, are pretty popular. Yeah. There's been a few other things, but those are the ones that kind of stick out at me. Gerst Family Garden sweet corn. Yeah. <laughs> well, who doesn't like sweet corn? Come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> yeah, you have a you have a nice source there with Gerst Family Farm. Um, you want to talk about that at all, Your, that connection? Uh, well, actually... Um, Fred and Susan Gerst, who are the owners of Gerst Family Gardens, they're my uh, parents. So that's how they got involved. And uh, we actually helped them at the farm quite a bit, picking sweet corn. So it's kind of almost a joint thing. I mean, there probably are, as far as vendors go, they're the most involved ones since, you know, they're family as well. Yeah. And other than the store itself, do you go out and and sell your product? Have you gone out to any farmer's markets or any uh, vendor fairs or anything like that to to spread spread the, the good food? We did a very vintage market back this summer. Uh-huh. <laughs> when Amy Moyner came by asking about it, told her you can already sign us up for next year. <laughs> it went that good. No kidding. Yeah, we're already talking about doing Snake Alley Art Fair now for next year then also. Fantastic. A very vintage market, took some stuff down, sold out of it within like the first hour almost. Sarah then came down, my parents came down to help haul stuff down there, almost emptied the store out, and then she took every last other thing out of that store there was and brought down because stuff was going so good. My goodness. I mean, word was traveling to that market. Amy said she was at the opposite end down, I think like, what, 300 walk of Jefferson or so. She said there's people down there talking about needing to stop down and see the place and how impressed they were with it and that stuff. Congratulations. And just our little stall we had. We're, 
Where, did you have to uh, make some, do some quick baking, or, or or was that not even possible? Uh, it was not possible that day. <laughs> I the day before, the day prior, I was like, I'm gonna bake this amount, and I had no idea what to expect. So I did, you know, what I thought would. And I was like, I don't want to bake too much because I mean, it could be a dud, and I don't want to not do enough. So I was just, this is what I'm doing, and so that's what I did. And the next day, at that point, I'm running the store. Alex is running the market. I can't bake, so it, <laughs> we started cleaning out the store. And so, I mean, I couldn't bake. Literally next cleaned time, out the store. <laughs> next time, I'll know what to bake beforehand. But make yeah. about ten times as much, and you might be close. Yeah. Well, wow. That's that's an amazing story, and. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Nice plug for Very Vintage Market to let people yeah. know what's available there. And we've talked about maybe doing some other ones, but you can only add so much in at a time, you know. It's trying to make the use of every minute you have. Oh, absolutely. So you've so you've been at the location there on Jefferson. Um, do you have any plans, any future plans? Uh, is there such a thing as expansion um, of space or expansion of product any anything that you've been thinking about you know to add more product we need more space so that's kind of our problem where we've been at we've been trying to look for somewhere but just there's not much out there and we'd like to stay in the downtown but there's not much that has any more space than what we already have sure sure you know do you have anything above you up on the second floor? In a fully finished apartment. Okay. So, and do you own that too? We just bought the building just, what, the, the September 7th, I think it was, just bought the building. Oh, this is fairly new yeah. news. <laughs> just bought the building. <laughs> wow. So with that, is there possibility then of <clears throat> anything being used above? Not really, because it wouldn't be handicap accessible. Yeah. Short on trying to move the whole kitchen up there, which is going to be costly to ever move. Yeah. The kitchen like that. Any th- any thoughts initially as to what you want to do with the with the rest of the building? Well, the apartment's still being rented out. Nice. You know, the guy who actually owned the building sold us the building, but still running the apartment for the next couple of years. He said. Oh, okay. Well, you must have a good relationship then. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, you don't have to worry about renting it out. Yeah, at least not right now. You buy the building, and it comes with a comes with a tenant. Yeah. You can't ask for anything better than that. And no, you can't. <laughs> That's that is wonderful. So, <clears throat> with what you do, are there um, are there seasonal items that you've done that maybe. Uh, customers would look forward to because you were you were starting to talk a little bit about that so like holiday season will there be certain things springtime will there be certain things that you only get those times of year yeah most of it would be holiday times one of the big things would be sponge candy because sponge candy uh, I guess it's really popular. I had never heard of it really until this last year people were asking for it and I'm like what is this so uh, I look up a recipe, and uh, my mom is the one that it ends up doing it. But it we couldn't hardly keep it on the shelf. But the problem is it's kind of weird about humidity, so it's not really something we can carry year-round. Okay. So what? we we kind of we kept it around for Christmas, kept it around for, I think, a couple months after Christmas because people were still wanting it. But then, you know, once it started getting warm out, we kind of 
quit with that. So that was the one I think people are going to get excited for. And uh, I make, like, cookie decorating kit kits for Christmas. and so That means the whole family can have fun doing cookies. Cookies already baked and everything. You just get to ice them with the kids. Yeah. Comes with the frosting, sprinkles, everything. You really... <clears throat> You really enjoy what you're doing, don't you, Sarah? Yeah. I can tell. <clears throat> I can tell. You definitely are putting your all into this. Is there, is there something that you haven't made that you want to? Or is that, I mean, is that something that, that just comes up on a whim? Or how, how, does, how does it work? I'm still trying to, like, get into the mind because there's so much creativity that you seem to come up with in, in creating different things? Is it how much of it is this is what I want to do <clears throat> versus somebody comes and they give you an idea? Yeah, there's been a few things that I've wanted to do but never really. Some of the more time-consuming stuff, I was like, oh, that would be cool. Is One of them is croissants. Um, one of our previous vendors actually made croissants, and a lot of people liked them. And I was thinking about making them, but they are – a very time-consuming process. They're one of those several-day uh, things with the dough. So I I would like to do it, but it just, it's kind of hard to fit some of those things in, into your schedule when you're so busy with other things. And there's been a few things of like, oh, I want to do that. But either, like, I haven't got around to it yet or it's something that's, like, just won't work. I mean, not that it wouldn't work, but I would just have to, to try to like fit it into my schedule, like hot chocolate bombs are another one. A lot of people were re requesting them during the holiday time, and I looked up recipes and videos, and I looked at the process of it, and I'm like, ah, I don't know how I can do this. It's something that I would like to do, but at the same time, when I have so much other stuff on my plate, I just don't have the time. Yeah. Are you missing any equipment at all? Any cooking equipment or anything that's preventing you from making things that you might want to? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think we have everything we need. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Has there been has there been anything where people have come wanting, and you said, "I'm sorry, we we just can't do that, or we just." We don't have it. How, how do you handle something like that? Because you want good customer relations. You want you want customers to stay and come back. So, what what do you do under those circumstances? I will just tell people, you know, if they're wanting something custom ordered, and I'll be like, well, I can. I'm always open to try, but there's certain things that I will just tell them up front that I'm not comfortable with doing. Like if they want, uh, like I started dabbling in cakes. And I'm fine with doing that, but if someone wanted like a, a five tier wedding cake with all the fancy, you know, <laughs> something you'd see on cake boss. <laughs> I will tell people, oh, you know, that's a little bit beyond my I just know that you probably wouldn't be satisfied with it. But if it's something simple, I will definitely do it. But if it's something that I feel like is out of my ability, I will just tell them, you know, sorry, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Like, you just did your brother's wedding cake. It was just a simple two-tier cake. They didn't want nothing fancy about it. So, you know, she did her brother's wedding cake and all the cupcakes for the reception then. Nice. That that begs the question, do you do any sort of outside catering? We've talked about it, but nobody's really approached yet. 
So we haven't had to cross that bridge yet for sure, but I mean, we've talked about doing it. That you know, kind of getting into it. If somebody wants to have you know a simple cake and cupcakes and that about maybe doing it. I would think that where you're at right now, you probably couldn't do anything on a on a big scale. But if there yeah. was something smaller, that might be something that you could do. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else? Uh, anything else that you're doing <clears throat> to kind of get the word out is there anything you think that's been lacking to like what what do people what do you want to share about the collective food hub that maybe people don't know or they should know you've talked about quality you've talked about service you you're obviously hitting that mark and you were recognized as small business of the year so we obviously want to see that continue to grow but for folks that maybe still are not completely sure of, of everything involved. What, what do you want to tell us about the Collective Food Hub? Is there, if, is there anything more? Mm-hmm. Not that I can think of. <clears throat> well, that's, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Probably one of the best reviews ever got was one guy, I, I forget what exact product it was he got, but he said it was better than what his grandma's was. That's a pretty big, uh, you know, Thank you for what the stuff is like. You can't top that because everybody talks about grandma's favorite, blah, 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 right? And, uh-huh. if, and if something's better than that, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for you, bad for grandma. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you here and to share with everybody all things Collective Food Hub. We wish you continued success. And again, please remind everyone where you're located, and how people can get a hold of you. We're located at 805 Jefferson Street, so right down there by Wake and Bake. Mm-hmm. You know, just tell everybody it's a generalized idea because you know it's a little bit harder to find, just a smaller building. Yeah. And we're open Thursday 9 to 7, Friday 9 to 6, Saturday 9 to 2, and we can be reached by calling 319-759-3527. Excellent. Well, Alex and Sarah, thank you again for joining us. Continued success. We appreciate you listening to All Things Greater Burlington. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us. And we will see you next time on All Things Greater Burlington. You have been listening to All Things Greater Burlington with Stephen Brody. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes. To learn more about all things Greater Burlington, visit greaterburlington.com slash ATGB.